Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about your guide to crappy holiday eating. And uh, there's a right and a wrong way to kind of eat crappy. And we can approach the holidays differently. So it's not just about how well you're eating during the holidays. You can learn when you're not eating well during the holidays, right? So you can utilize it. That's what we call it in the program, is you're going to utilize what's going on so that it's going to serve you in the long run, right? So again, what I'm going to say in a real succinct way is that when you're not eating well, when you're over drinking, overeating, eating the wrong stuff, it's actually really useful in the big picture. On the short term, right? You, you may not, if you eat that way, you're not going to lose weight in December, perhaps. However, it's going to help you lose weight over the year, right? So how do you do that? Well, what you want to do is you want to pay attention. And when we're in an all or nothing mindset, as soon as we're not eating well, we just kind of block it out of our, our minds, right? We don't think about it at all. We don't want to do that. We want to be aware of what we're eating. And as soon as you finish eating, finish drinking, now I want you to pay attention to what the consequences are. Because as you start to eat this way or drink this way or act this way, it's a perfect opportunity for you to say, uh, that doesn't feel good. It was enjoyable eating it. And now the consequences are not that great. And it's a very powerful way to link that together to say, yeah, the cookies are good, but my stomach starts to feel weird. I don't sleep as well. I feel uncomfortable. Whatever the negative consequences are, you want to start paying attention to them because it's an opportunity for you to really reframe that eating unhealthy foods, it's pleasurable in the beginning, but there's a lot of negative consequences to it. And so when you're eating lots of crap during the holidays, it's the perfect opportunity to really focus on that so that you start reframing on a deeper level. Yes, these foods taste good, but overall, it's not worth it. And it really isn't. And during the holidays, it is, right? Because again, when we look at this over a year-long period, it is fun to take a break from eating perfectly and kind of let ourselves just do what we want to do for a little bit. That's part of the whole process. But over, over a full year, of if we ate the whole year like we do in the holidays for the average person, it doesn't feel good, right? It starts to lose its luster. It's not special anymore. We just have all the negative consequences we're getting and the pleasure in enjoyment goes down more and more and more, okay? This is how you eat crap during the holidays is you let yourself do it and you let yourself be aware of what the consequences are. Because just by doing that, you start to change things subconsciously with how you think of the foods. Okay. So you stop just thinking about how good and you start to also be aware of what the immediate consequences are. Again, not just the weight gain, but I'm talking about five minutes after you finish eating the cookies, the, you know, all the, all the different holiday stuff. Five minutes after you finish it, there's an effect. And it's usually kind of negative. You're tired. You're you know, not feeling great. Your stomach doesn't feel good. These things are real. And so as you start to pay attention to them, you start to reframe how you think of these foods. And that's going to support you in the long run. And the other piece of this is that when you allow yourself to eat the food you want to eat during the holidays, you kind of recharge yourself a bit. you know. And, and when we start to look at this in a year-long time frame, December is always a month where I let myself, I kind of ease off the gas a little bit. I let myself eat more stuff, drink more wine than I typically do. And it feels good. It feels natural because as part of the whole process, it's an important piece of it. It's where I just kind of relax and let go. And then for January, I'm ready to get back on track. Okay. So again, don't try and force yourself to eat perfect if you're not in that place. You can eat crappy foods and lose weight. Again, you may not lose the weight in December. But overall, this is going to help you create a firmer foundation where you're really living as a thin and healthy person. Thin and healthy people do not, do not eat perfectly during the holidays, okay? It's about balance. And so the holidays is usually more of a time to eat, eat food a little bit more. 
And when we do that, we feel a sense of satisfaction a lot of times so that when January comes back, we're more okay with kind of getting back on track because we know we enjoy the holidays. So I hope this helps you out and I hope you have a wonderful holidays and enjoy them. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I, uh, <laughs> I am. For those of you on TikTok, I, I stream this on TikTok, obviously, on TikTok. But um, I'm also streaming this. I'm, I got a camera. I stream this on YouTube, Facebook, and I just started Instagram. And uh, it's a little distracting because there's all these different screens. But anyways, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them wherever you may be watching this, and I will look to answer them. I know it's funny to talk about weight loss during the holidays. This literally is the week people probably want to not think about their weight more than any other week of the year. Um, so I get that, <laughs> which is why I missed yesterday and then I'll, I'll be on or off, you know, over the, um, so, okay, here's a good question. Um, what should I do after I overeat? That's the perfect question. I'm glad you asked that because again, I want to go in a little more detail of what I was just talking about because you're going to overeat most likely. Um, you're going to overeat during the holidays most likely. You're going to make unhealthier food choices. You might overdrink, right? All of that's normal. But what do we do? Again, we want to utilize it. We can not eat perfectly and still be working on our weight mastery. I know that sounds so weird because we're just always like, well, if I'm working on weight loss, I'm eating well, I want to lose weight. But if we think longer term, um, really what you're looking to do, I'm telling you this, okay, that most people, when they think about eating foods, I want to have some ice cream. The, the movie they're making in their mind is the anticipation and the consumption of the food, okay? So they're thinking about getting the ice cream, eating the ice cream, that's it. They're not thinking about how it's going to affect them afterwards. They may say, well, I don't want to eat because I don't want to gain weight. That's somewhere in the future. It's too far away. The real secret to changing how you eat at a fundamental level is to shift your focus from the anticipation and the consumption of the food to the consequence of it. Because every time after you finish eating, Within a couple minutes, you have a consequence in that food. It's physical, mental, emotional consequence of eating the cookies, the ice cream, the pizza, the carbs, or whatever. Okay? And so as you start to tune yourself to what the consequence is, this is what changes everything. Because subconsciously, what you're doing right now, when you're struggling with certain foods, you want to not eat cookies so much anymore. What's happening is you're subconsciously thinking about the anticipation of getting the cookies, eating the cookies, and then driving up the cravings for the cookie. And now you're expecting to use willpower to fight against that. But what you don't realize is subconsciously you're cranking up the cravings. You're making it harder for yourself. So what you want to start doing is focusing on the consequence. How will I feel five minutes after I finish the cookies? Well, I'll feel fuller. I'll feel like I got sugar in my body. So, so again, there's, there's physical, mental, emotional. Mental and emotional are the biggest ones that are going to impact you. you never think about these. Mentally, what are you saying to yourself after you finish the cookies, the ice cream, the pizza, or whatever? What are you saying to yourself? Right? It's usually negative. You're not supportive and encouraging to yourself. You're negative. You're frustrated. You're beating yourself up. Emotionally, how are you feeling? You feel encouraged, supported, um, on track, you know, momentum, successful? No. You feel like a failure. You feel guilty. You feel frustrated. You feel annoyed with yourself. Right? So these consequences follow unhealthy, poor food choices all the time. And so as we start to focus on those, we start to naturally decrease the cravings, you know? So you don't have to just fight against with, with willpower. 
you start to focus on the consequences. So after you overeat, folks, initially what you want to do is start to connect and become aware of what those consequences are. So this is why when you're first starting, it doesn't matter if you overeat or not. Overeating is great because what I want you to do is pay attention after you finish overeating. Don't beat yourself up. It's not helping you. Don't just put it out of your head and say, I'm not going to do that again. That's not helping you. Connect to what is the consequence of that behavior? How do I feel physically, mentally, emotionally? Physically, oh, I feel stuck, I feel tired, I feel exhausted from all that food. Mentally, I'm, I'm speaking negative to myself. I feel oh, I'm stuck again. You know, I'm being, you know, why'd you do that? What's wrong with you? You keep doing this. You're never going to do that. Get the results you want. And emotionally, I feel like a failure. I feel annoyed. That's what you do after you overeat. And you keep doing that every time you overeat. You're not doing that. Okay, folks, you're not doing that. I promise you. You're putting it out of your mind or you're just beating yourself up and you're not aware of it. Okay? You need to connect to that overeating consequence a number of times so that eventually what happens is, again, in the program, we use a redo rehearsal technique, which helps really make this work better. But even if you just pay attention to the consequence piece of it, eventually what's going to happen is you're going to get into a situation and say, oh, I feel like some ice cream. And you say, how am I going to feel five minutes afterward? And you're going to know now because you paid attention the last five times to eat ice cream. Now, you know, ah, it's just not worth it. I don't want to feel that way anymore. And now what's happening is you're not relying on willpower because as soon as you focus on the consequence, you start to reduce the craving for that food. And that's what's going to help you change your eating long term. Okay? So I hope that helps. Because that's the whole game. You know, it's how we think about food is really what's driving. It's controlling your weight. You know, it, it's not a weight loss is not a willpower. It's really not. You know, um, it is a it's a mindset. You know, it's how you're thinking about food. It's how you're thinking about yourself. It's how you think about weight, health, all of these different pieces. And, um, you know, that's what you need to change. Figuring this out, I got playing around because I see I've done this uh, this setup a couple times, and I saw people on Instagram were asking questions, and I never saw them asking things. So I apologize to my Instagram people, um, but I got to figure it out now. So yeah, so I know, right? So it's like talking about weight loss now. It's just a funny one. You're welcome for the advice. I hope that helps you out. Okay. Um, do you have any remedies or tips for getting rid of acid reflux? Oh, um, well, I'm not an expert in acid reflux, but what I will tell you is kind of answers my own story, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you're not going to probably like what I say, but but I mean, you change what you're eating. You know, I'm not, you know, acid reflux at its most core level. You know, the, the whatever goes on, the, the sphincters they call them, you know, got kind of open and, and the stuff come up. Um, so, you know, if it's a medical thing in that sense, I don't have answers to that. Um, if it's food-induced, <laughs> right, I think the answers are pretty obvious that you eat certain foods. Some foods are going to trigger you. Um, I used to get the heartburn thing, you know, and it used to just be, well, I just assumed it. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, I just get heartburn. Um, didn't realize, oh, it's what I'm eating. I know that sounds silly. This is what I was just talking about earlier with the consequence piece. I am telling you, if you're not intentionally paying attention to the consequences of the food you're eating, you don't know what they are. You have a generalized idea like, oh, they're making me overweight. Um, but you don't know the granular details of how these foods are impacting you. This is this is the, the fight of the ages here. And, and let me just make this point that 
you know, you lose somebody back a hundred years ago in a time machine, and I see someone smoking, and I say, hey, you shouldn't smoke, and you have a lung cancer. They're going to look at you like crazy. Okay. Now, the reason I bring this up is that how much more obvious would it be that cigarettes are really bad for your lung? You're literally putting smoke into your lung, right? But there was a whole lot of time where people didn't really put the two things together. So by nature, humans, it's very easy for us to be very unaware, especially when there's a lot of counter conditioning going on. We live in a society where we're constantly being conditioned to minimize the damage and effect that these food things that we're putting into our body are having on us. And this is why I think we have a, a you know, population that's 82% overweight or obese, why we have skyrocketing rates of insulin, uh, type 2 diabetes, you know, is because we don't connect the dots with the food and what they're doing to us as a system. We don't think of our body as a system. We think, oh, I shouldn't eat that because I don't want to gain weight. We don't think, I don't want to eat that because I'm going to spike my glucose levels. I'm going to crash my body with a bunch of insulin. It's all inflammatory and toxic at these high levels. And I'm going to do it to myself seven times today. We don't think that way, right? We just think, oh, I don't want to do that because I don't want to get paid somewhere in the distant future. But every food you're putting in your body has an instantaneous effect on the system. And you're, I, I was, I had a video I'm going to make, but it was called the violence, the violence of your eating. It, it's literally violent to your body. Let it be known. Just like smoking's violent to your body. If you're eating a lot of bullshit, violent to your body. This is why the diseases follow. So, you know, that to be a downer because <laughs> they're going into holiday mode. So I don't really like talking about this stuff. You don't enjoy yourself. You know, it's fine in moderation. Um, but if you're consistently just it's like, it's like self-abuse, you know, I know you know that on some level, but as you pay attention, the, the heartburn is one of those things. You remember the ad they used to have, and I don't know if they still have it, but I always remember this one growing up where it was like a guy at the fair and he's eating all the bullshit and he's like, oh no, I don't feel good. Right. And they're like, well, what's the remedy? The remedy is just to drink this pink stuff. It's going to make you feel all better. It's going to fix everything. It's not fixing shit. It's helping you not be aware of what the symptom, what the effect is. That's all. It's muting the effects. So you can't feel it. You keep doing it to your body. You know, we got to get ourselves out of that mindset. We need to start really being much more aware of what the effect of what we're doing is on us instantaneously. You know, that's what you must start paying attention to because that's going to change your behaviors a lot for sure. Great points. Thank you. Yeah. So it's, it's what you're reading. I will tell you, I. I'm going to give you an example, and this is this is real, okay? This is real, real, real. Um, and, and, and this, it's everyone I've ever worked with, myself included, starting off very unaware of what the food is doing to to the body, to the mind, to the spirit, to my emotions, all of that. But I'm going to give you one of the most intense examples I've seen. Um, one of my clients, a very, very smart, sensitive woman. Um, we started working together, and long story short. Started to realize she when she started the call when I started coaching. She was like, I got gastrointestinal issues. I have a lot of gastrointestinal issues. Issues. And long story short, after a year of kind of playing with her diet, doing elimination, all sorts of stuff, what it turned out is she had allergies, um, fructan allergies, and things like that. And so now that she's cut those types of foods out of her diet, now she's cutting the carbs out of her diet. Um, she doesn't deal with those issues, you know, and. This is what I'm trying to say. She would be up every night in the bathroom because of stomach issues, discomfort, pain, bad sleep, um, you know, just dealing with it every day. She'd been dealing with it pretty much her whole life. 
she just assumed this was natural and normal. This is how it is for me. It's not. We just assumed it, right? Because we just, we, we again, we, we do not, in America, I can say for sure, we do not have a strong granular understanding of what food we do for our body. We have a general, oh, they're making us fat. Oh, they're making us type 2 diabetes. That's it, you know? And again, it's just like the cigarettes. There's 100 years of cigarettes where people didn't really understand what the cigarettes were doing to them. Now they do, and now cigarettes rate, smoking rates go down, you know? It's the same thing with the food. And so we, we got to pay attention to that because a lot of the things that with me, so many discomforts that I used to just assume were, oh, every time I finish dinner, I just got to sit on the sofa, my stomach hurts, you know? A heartburn all the time, sleeping like shit, sweating all night, waking up tired. I mean, like, and I'm like, oh, that's just how it is. No, it's not how it is. It's how it is when I eat bullshit all day long. When I'm, when I'm eating bullshit stuff and bullshit in my face from morning up till right before I go to bed, that's the effect of that. But you've been living in that probably for so long that you don't even connect the two. And once you do connect them, it's transformative because now you start to realize, oh, because a lot of the things that the food's doing to your body, you just assume are, that's just the way it is. It's not the way it is. It's a response. It's a consequence of what you're doing. What do you recommend for binge eating and breaking the habit? Um, binging is the same thing in a sense. Okay, so I think the big mistake people make when they, when they want to, they're, they're dealing with binge eating, is they just, I got to stop binge eating. I want to stop binge eating. And so just like everyone with their weight loss, I'm going to use my willpower and just stop myself from binge eating. But really what that's doing is it's just treating the symptom. It's just you trying to fight against the symptom because the, the emotional eating, the binge eating is typically a symptom of a deeper problem. And so what I suggest when you want to go about resolving binge eating, now I'm talking about the more casual binge eating, not eating disorder binge eating. But I think there's, this applies a bit to that as well, but that's a deeper thing in addition. But if you're binge you say, okay, I want to deal with this binge eating. The first thing I want to do is not stop. I don't want to stop it. What I want to do is I want to understand it. Let me understand what's going on with this binge eating because what you will probably find is you have different binge eatings, right? You have some binge eating when you're stressed out, some binge eating when you're sad, some binge eating when you're really hungry and control it. So there's different triggers for different binge eatings you have. And so the first thing I do is understand what triggering the binge. So the most powerful when you when you're binge eating, you got an issue with that. The most powerful time is after you finish binge eating, five minutes after it. I want you to reflect on it. What was going on there? What state was I in right before I binge eat? And what you're going to find the two big ones I see, typical ones. The first one is that you've over restricted, right? So you've cut the food down so low that you've got to a place where you're starving. You're just starving and you can't control your eating and you weigh binge. Okay, that's one of them. The other one that, that can be there as well, um, or, or as a cause of it, is emotionally based. So you got some emotions that you don't know how to deal with, you don't want to deal with. So you use the, the binging, the binge shame cycle to avoid the deeper emotional issue. And so, you know, those are two big ones. I see there's other things too, but that's how I would start. Why are you binge eating in the first place? Okay. So it because once you understand it, say, oh, I'm enjoying because I was so hungry. I didn't eat all day. I got so hungry and I can control myself. Okay, that's a different solution than the emotional one. You see, so we have to understand it first so we can find the solution that's appropriate for it. But you can't find that if you don't understand what's triggering the binge eating. And again, that's what most people do. I'm just going to stop binge eating. Well, okay, what caused it though? You didn't, you didn't cure it. 
You didn't fix the actual core of the problem. You're just really treating the symptom. And that, that willpower fighting against the binge eating most likely will work in a very short period of time to go right back to it. Okay? So when you approach it the way I'm talking about, it's much more set up for a long-term solution than once you do that. So that would be my suggestion. Start paying attention to what triggered it. Where were you at right before you binge eat emotionally, mentally? Um, those things. And says, going into 2024, one of my goals is to put way down on highly processed foods. And that's a great goal. That's a super, super duper goal. Um, there's a great, and I haven't gotten through it, and i got to re-get it, but it's called Ultra Processed People. And again, it's just one more book in a, in a long line of them. This one's kind of uniquely interesting as well. Um, but again, this is one of those things, the more you start to look at what you're actually putting on into your body on a regular basis and what it does to you, you're not doing it. It's just like the cigarette. I can't stress this enough because we're lagging. If you want to understand the food industry, you have to study the cigarette industry because they're the same, by the way. Um, a lot of the big food companies are literally the cigarette companies. Literally, literally. RJR Reynolds and Nabisco are literally merged with the same company. The parent company of Kraft is Philip Morris. Okay. They divested from cigarettes and went into food because why not? They went in with the exact same philosophy to create the most addictive product possible, use the most aggressive marketing they possibly could, and to sit on the evidence of how damaging it is for as long as they can. In 20 years, there's going to be warning labels on those shitty processed foods because they're really bad for us. But they're in the golden age for the food now where they're able to push all their shit into us and no one's paying attention or really aware of what it's actually doing. So I think that's a great goal. I think that's a great goal for all of us is the less processed foods you eat, the easier it's going to be to master your weight and in your health, okay? Um, no doubt about it. So a great goal for all of us is to reduce processed foods in 2024. <laughs> so I wish you the best with that because um, that, that's, that's like saying, I'm going to smoking or I'm going to stop smoking. That's a great one too, right? You know what I mean? But processed foods is right up there with it because it's not harmful. Um, so yeah. Craft is Philip Morris. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. It's like, you know, have, I'll blow your mind a little bit more because you don't understand, you know, I mean, I don't want to sound like a conspiratorial, you know, person here, but, uh, you know, I think that uh, we live in a society, right? So, so I got this concept called the obesity conspiracy. And I think there's uh, three main players. It's the food companies, the diet companies, and the medical establishment. And um, the food companies and the diet companies are the same too, by the way. Right. So did you know that all the all the diets you're referencing on how to lose weight are all owned by big food companies? Do you know Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz? Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Atkins Food Products is owned by the same company that owns Atkins, um, Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. Slim Fast owned by the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's ice cream. So do you think do you think that they really help you lose weight? You know what I mean? Like like long term, you really think that, you know. Heinz Nestle want you to stop buying their bullshit products. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Oprah's Weight Watchers is now as epic Oprah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I love Oprah Winfrey, like, but I would not listen to her with weight loss, ladies. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's brilliant, a wonderful human being. But hey, we all got strengths and weaknesses, okay? When it comes to weight loss, please stop listening to her. She's a marketer, okay? I, I love her. I think she's put lots of good things into the world. But um, she clearly doesn't know the weight loss piece, you know. And again, I don't knock her for that. But cut the shit. Stop selling people all the bullshit. 
You know what I mean? Because I love this. You know, here's the weight loss thing, right? Oh, we get Jessica Simpson, Oprah Winfrey. Hey, here's a $10 million contract. Can you lose some weight for a little bit so we can talk how you did it on Weight Watchers and then use you in all our ads? Yeah. Well, if I paid you $10 million, you think you could lose some weight? You don't even need Weight Watchers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, when you see things for what they are, that is another piece of the puzzle, in my opinion. I think seeing foods for what they were was a huge part of my mindset transformation. Everything I go at when it comes to weight loss is all mindset based. I think your mindset's the number one thing impacting your weight. More than your genetics, more than your insulin resistance, your Hashimoto's, your menopause, all of it. I think your mindset's the number one thing impacting your weight and you have no idea how to deal with that. You know, you never learn that. Why not? Why not? Hey, I'm no genius. How did I figure it out, right? I had to do it personally. You know, ten, I've been doing this 30 years personally, 20 years professionally. Okay. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I'm obsessed with this. I'm obsessed with being a attack at 54. So that the most traumatic thing that happened in my life, and I knew it was weight related. He was obese. He had a healthy lifestyle and he had a heart attack. And so I knew it was partly that even at nine. I was, I'm never going to let that happen. 10 years later, I'm 50 pounds heavier. Luckily, thank God, I just was, I was exposed to things. This, I always tell this story, but just the, the real quick version of it is that I took a semester off from school, and this is no lie. Within a month, I was exposed to hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, personal development, Tony Robbins, yoga, martial arts, guitar, meditation. True story, I swear to you. And it, was, it opened up a door for me inside here, and it changed everything. Now, it wasn't just that, but that was the beginning of it. And the next big step that happened is NLP, neurolinguistic programs, the science of role modeling. Find the people that get the results you want and figure out how they did it. So I found people that had lost weight and kept it off, and I began speaking with them. That was, that was the complete 180 shift for me with my weight and my health. And I transformed, transformed from the inside out, um, dropped the 50 pounds. But more importantly, I transformed so completely. I've kept the weight off for 30 years. I had one blip 12 years ago, um, but it's been the same weight. No diets. I don't even work out. I do yoga, real gentle yoga. Um, I have mastered my eating. And I've mastered my eating because I've mastered my mindset. You know? um, and so anyone can do that. So again, I always say this. If you, I know it's not the time, so you may not even want to listen right now, but if you get the chance, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you, watch the training I give you. Uh, again, you may not even do it now. But go opt into it so that I'm in your world. I'll email you all the time. This is a mission for me. You know, yes, I have programs too. I work with people and people invest with me, but I also help you for free. This really is a mission for me. And so I'm so passionate about it. I've created this shit on my own. I study everything. Hypnosis, neurolistic programming, real therapy, neuroscience, coaching. I mean, like, like I I'm yoga certified, hypnosis, NLP, strategic coaching. I'm obsessed with this stuff because I think that your weight is probably the biggest indicator of how long you're going to live, barring some accident. I think your your weight, how you're eating, living, had the biggest impact on how long you're going to live and your quality of life during those years. So for me, my motivation is much deeper than pretty much everyone else you can find. Because yeah, I want you to look good in a bathing suit. I really go way beyond that. I want you to live as long as you can. Again, everything that I do is bounced right off what happened to my dad. It was, I, I don't want to get into that, but but it's as you can imagine. Um, your dad, you know, the worst part about it, my dad was a twin, right? His twin lived to be in his late 70s. You know what I mean? It's just, it was a lifestyle. 
you know what I mean? It's like, so to me, this isn't just about a visual thing of you looking better. This is about you being better. This is about being the best version of you possible. And you cannot be the best version of you possible, in my opinion. Um, when you're struggling with your weight, when you're eating shit, when you don't feel good about yourself, I just don't know how you can, they don't jive together, you know? So this is way bigger than just losing weight. This is about you being the best version you possible. I always say, you got to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. And that is my approach to helping people as well. But anyways, I, I digress. Um, does fasting and fasting mess up metabolism? Um, you know, fasting, I don't. I don't know. It, it depends how you do it. And everyone's so unique and different. I think if you're crash dieting, cutting things out, like I, I think you're sending a weird message to your mind and to your body. Um, I, I intermittent fast. Now, I never called it. I, my worst eating habit was eating at night. And um, uh, so so I started working on that. And I stopped eating at night. And I moved that that window between when I went to bed and when I stopped eating got wider and wider. Until now, Tuesday, I stopped six, seven o'clock at night. I'll start eating tomorrow at seven, eight, you know, somewhere in that ballpark. So I won't eat 13 hours. That's in the ballpark of an fasting. I know now it's going to be 16 hours or it doesn't count. That's bullshit. Um, but so, so me, like I don't eat usually, you know, at, at 13 hours. And I think that's amazing. I think it, it gives my body a break. Um, it makes me sleep better. I, I just love it. You know, so that certainly has not messed up my metabolism. I think if I fast, okay, I'm going to water fast for a week and see what that does. And then I start eating everything because now I'm making it up. I, I think that these wild swings of behavior, I think, are what mess up your metabolism more than um, Thoughts on the Mediterranean diet? Um, I think Mediterranean diet is probably the, the healthiest diet philosophy out there, is my opinion on it. You know? But everyone's different. You know, everyone's got different genetics, preferences, and all the rest of it. So, again, program yourself in. We have an eating blueprint, but you customize it to you. You know, I find a lot of times with weight loss, people trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. They're trying to force themselves to follow some plan they hate. And I think you're going to get much better results if you figure out what works for you and build around that. So, um, I mean, I'm Mediterranean anyways, but I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, you know, proteins, animal proteins, light um, I, I think that's a solid way to go. Nuts, you know, berries, things like that. I think that's a solid diet philosophy, is my opinion on that. Um, Oprah Weight Watchers now Zempic Oprah, yeah, as we talked about. Again, I'm not knocking her. I'm not knocking anyone with that. I try to be supportive with everyone, but I just think a lot of people look up to her. And you know, listen, if I, you know, I know, I know what <laughs> that's what I know, right? If I get out here and I start talking like, uh, I don't know how to build a house. Don't listen to me. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oprah doesn't know what she's talking about when it comes to weight loss. She struggles with it. This is, this to me is kind of like the core problem, right? When it comes to weight loss, you're even listening to people that aren't getting the results, right? But what Oprah lost 40 pounds and now she's selling Weight Watchers. Yeah. Cause again, it's a business thing for her. If I offer you $10 million in a stake in Weight Watchers, do you think you could lose some weight? You know what I mean? So it's like, they're not, you're not them. You know what I mean? These big celebrities that are losing weight, there's way other motives and motivations they have that you don't have those. Okay. So that's one part of it. But then the other extreme of it is that you go and you listen to some guy who's, or a woman who's you know, jacked up and like, you know, 0% body fat. And all they do is, is work out and you know, everything, everything that. You that person either probably, you know, so I always say like, for me, like I, I, 
truly believe I, I stake my, my, my flag in this area that I'm probably one of the most practical people you'll ever hear when it comes to weight mastery because I'm not an exercise team. I'm lazy. Um, I don't like cooking. I don't like counting calories. I don't like being strict with all that stuff. I look for the easiest, simplest, most practical way to master my weight. And that's what I share with my clients. And, and that, that informs everything. And, um, and I get the results. I was talking with a guy, he's an asshole, um, but he's, he's a hypnotist and he runs a keto group and he's telling me stuff. And I'm like, this guy's 70 pounds overweight. Again, I'm not knocking it, but it's like, is, is what you're doing? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to leave it at that. But I'm telling you, I walk my talk. You know what I mean? Those of you in the program know this. And so what I'm after is, Again, my goal is not for you to lose weight. My goal is for you to get to your goal weight and then live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. You tell me who else has that goal for you. I'd love to hear about it, you know, because I don't just want you to lose weight. I want you to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life, which is what you want, right? But I don't want you to do it dieting, obsessed with food and, and calories and da, da da I want you to do it on near autopilot. I want you to live your life. And you live and eat in a way where you live at your goal weight. That's what I want for you. And I think that's the best goal. I think I articulate the best weight loss goal on the planet, <laughs> to be honest, because I don't want you to see, because you don't even want to, I was talking about this the other day, that, that you don't even, when you think about weight loss, this is so ironic. You're, you're conflicted. You want to lose weight. That's all you think about, but you don't want to lose weight because the way you think about losing weight, you hate doing. You feel like it's going to be deprivation. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be annoying. It's going to be boring. It's going to suck. And that's why you don't do it. There's nowhere within you where you have some concept of how to lose weight in a way that's easy and enjoyable, comfortable, maintainable, sustainable, the way I'm going to be forever. That doesn't even exist in your mind. It's completely not there. You have the all or nothing mindset. Um, Oprah isn't wonderful. She ruined mentally. Oh, I heard that. I heard that. I wonder if that's true. I don't know enough about that, but I, I did kind of hear that. Um, I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. So again, I, I know everyone's good and bad. And, and Oprah, when you're that big, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of good and bad stuff. I don't know. But but all I do know is that she doesn't know. I would not listen to Oprah in any way. She probably some some stake in Ozempic. <laughs> you know what I mean? They probably they probably gave her like 5% of Ozempic's sales if she'll go out and market it. I, that, you know what I mean? Let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? So can you trust your motivations? Like, well, Jim, you sell a program. Do I trust your motivation? I do sell a program. But I'm out here every single day for free, helping you, answering your questions. You know what I mean? I This is what I do. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you'll find a more, <laughs> more concrete person to be with this. Is berberine really nature's exemplar? Um, I'm just going to say no, Nikki. I don't even know berberine enough. But there's no magic cure, folks. You know what I mean? Like how long have we all been alive for? In your life, what's been the weight loss magic cure? There's not even one that you can reference. There is no magic cure. You need a comprehensive mindset-based holistic approach to changing your lifestyle, your eating, your thinking, to, to live it the way you want. And, and I'm sorry if, you, if you're looking for a quick, easy answer, I'm not it. I have a, a, a holistic, easy answer. <laughs> it's relatively easy. It's easier than living overweight and thinking about weight. You know, because I, I, we'll, we'll get into this next week. Next week, I have a lot of the fun stuff planned for people um, to reflect. I, I love the week between Christmas and New Year. It's a magical week psychologically. Um, 
But one of the big points I like to make is most dieters, people that want to lose weight, they're struggling with it just constantly on that, that treadmill of, of never getting anywhere, but always thinking about it, is that you're obsessed with fast results. But if you look over the last six months, a year, you haven't lost any weight. You know what I mean? You got to face that. Okay. Don't let another goddamn year go by where you don't lose any weight, but all you do is think about it. Oh, should I do Ozempic? Should I get surgery? Should I do carb? Should I start my keto plan again? Should I join Weight Watchers? Oh my God. You know what I mean? You've got to do something different. And I'm here for you with it. Okay. I'll, I'll point out the way to do it different. And it's going to make all that shit seem goofy because it is goofy, right? It hasn't worked for you. How long have you been trying to lose weight? Maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 years. It doesn't work. You've got to do something different. You know, and that's what I'm trying to do impact on you. So I don't even know enough about berberine, but I'm sure it's not nature's Ozempic. Ozempic's not nature. Ozempic's not Ozempic. We don't even know what Ozempic does yet. It helps 20% of people lose weight because they get nauseous when they think about food or when they eat. So it's like, is that the life you want to be on a $2,000 round of medicine forever that we don't even know what it does yet? Maybe it's fine. Maybe, maybe it's not. You really want to be that guinea pig? You know, and I get it. I understand people get so desperate. I have clients that, that, that I get it. I get it. But is that the solution? Is it really? I don't know. I've never seen a one, one punch solution to the weight loss thing. And I don't think I ever will, honestly. But, um, been in rec for recovery for five, seven years. How long would you expect me for fully recover? Still struggling. Um, I'm not sure what you're in recovery for, Heidi. Let me know what you're in recovery for. Cause I can't, I can't really, I don't know. I don't know what you're, you're dealing with there. Um, I'm embarrassed as all or something in here with a cup of mulled wine and a lint chocolate. That's perfect. That's what I'm talking about. You know, it's the all or something folks. That's what we want. All or something is the path to weight mastery, not all or nothing that I can promise you, promise you. The all or nothing thing is a trap, a trap. You've got to get off the all or nothing train. You're on the all or something train. And the holidays are the perfect time to do that. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting in front of you as someone who's, I'm eating cookies the last three days, morning, noon, and night. But I'm still drinking my water. I'm still going to bed. I'm still meditating. I'm still eating my salad. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, that doesn't even occupy your mind because you're all or nothing. Okay, now I'm going to start my plan of no carbs. Then you eat a carb. Oh, I blew it. I'm doing so good too. You know, you've got to stop that shit. Because when you're all or nothing, you know what you really are? You're nothing. Okay, because you're all for a, a day or a week and then you're back to nothing for months, a year. The all or nothing, don't, don't tell me that shit. People say that like they're proud of it. You know, I, I just think I'm not impressed by that because it gets shitty results. You got to be all or something, I believe. Anyway, answers I really struggle with information and bad information overload. Oh, yeah, join the club, Ann, right? I mean, that's where we live, folks. This is. Again, we're in 1960s cigarette world, right? Because in the 1960s, the studies were starting to come out that cigarettes were linked to lung cancer and other Ill, Ill health effects. And so what the cigarette companies did, they sat on these studies, they put other studies out to confuse people. That's where we're at with, with food in, in 2023, it's going to be 2024 America, is that these food companies are flooding the zone with all these different studies. Right? That's what we all say. Oh my God, I thought that was healthy. And now this week it's bad for me. Oh my God, this week they confuse us because the more confused you are, the less you're you, a confused mind is a stuck mind and doesn't do anything. You know, it's not rocket science of how to lose weight and how to eat. 
You know what to do, by the way. You know what you should eat to lose weight. That is not the problem, which is why a diet is never going to be the solution. You already know what you should and shouldn't eat to lose weight. The problem is you can't get yourself to do it consistently. You need to clarify that in your mind because then it's going to quickly make you realize, ah, a diet's never going to help me. The whole weight loss industry is someone telling you what to do from a dietitian, nutritionist, doctor, all the way down to some shitty diet online. It's always someone saying, do this. Here's your customized plan that I'm making for you. Here's a plan you never even met the person. They don't know you. You just stop eating carbs. Stop eating for 16 hours. But it's always them saying, here, do this. Then you're left alone. Oh, I'm going to force myself to do it with willpower. How's that working for you? Your big problem is you have no idea. You have no idea how to change your behavior. You have no idea how to change how you feel. And you have no idea how to change how you think. And so what you do is you keep trying different diets or the same diet, doesn't matter. And you keep going through the same process. You do it for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and then you go back to what you always do. And you just keep doing that. And you're 20, 30, 40 years into it. And you realize, I don't know anything more about how to lose weight than I did when I first started. I don't know what to do. It's not that you don't know what to eat. It's that you do not know how to change your behaviors, your feelings, or your thoughts. And the only reason you don't know that is because you're never taught it. That's stupid. You just, no one ever talks about it. Every diet's telling you what to do. Okay, I'm going to do it. I know what to do, Jim. I just got to get myself to do it. Yeah, that means you don't know what to do. You're missing the whole big point. If you were a robot and you just typed in what you were going to eat all day and then you just ate it, it wouldn't have any problem losing weight. The problem is you know what to do and you can't get yourself to do it consistently. It gets time to eat the salad instead of the pizza and, and you start getting anxious and nervous and stressed. Who's <laughs> a shit? I don't care. Right? Is that not the state you get into every time you break the diet? I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't want to think about it anymore. Right? You get stressed out. And what relieves the stress? Get rid of the diet. I don't know. <laughs> you better figure out how to deal with that. But yeah, information and bad information overload. I get it. That's intentional. Um, go opt into my thing and watch the training. At least it'll ground you in some real practice. You'll watch what I'm saying. You'll either say this is bullshit or you'll say, oh my God, that makes a lot of sense. Never thought of it this way, which is probably what you'll think, right? I got my weight mastery pyramid, mindset, lifestyle, eating. You, you just, I'm telling you, you're, you literally have no reference point in your mind for how to change how you behave, how you feel, and how you think. You've got one tool and one tool only. It's willpower. You try and force yourself to do it. And on top of that, you don't even know what willpower is. Almost guaranteed. Most people intuitively think of willpower as this non-physical thing, like a soul. Like you can just draw upon willpower and you got it. Your willpower is just a prefrontal cortex process. You should think of it like a muscle. And so you start a diet where you're completely changing everything. Right? So, oh, it does. I'm just going to go to keto. I just have to stop eating carbs. Yeah. The other side of that is you have to completely change how you're eating. And so now it takes lots of thought and focus and planning and strategy and willpower to get yourself to do it. And so you get halfway through the day and now you're exhausted. And so now your willpower is depleted. It's a muscle, folks. You, know I mean? you don't have unlimited willpower. Your willpower starts at its highest point in the day and goes down until you go to sleep and replenish it. And it starts at its highest point again. It's just a prefrontal cortex process. So do you understand that you can't rely on willpower to change everything starting tomorrow? That's never going to work. You need strategy. You need strategy that makes it easy 
to eat the right way, to live the right way, to behave the right way so you live at your goal weight. You've got no strategy. You know, not eating carbs is not a strategy. It's a tactic. Every diet is one tactic, by the way, because all diets are just marketing bullshit. And they know that the, the audience they're appealing to is overwhelmed, exhausted, frustrated about thinking about weight. Make it simple, please. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. That's not true, but okay. Okay, just stop eating carbs. That's all you got to do. What conceptually could sound easier than that? Oh, I know. Don't eat for 16 hours. That sounds pretty easy too. What else we got? Um, just eat 1,200 calories. Just count your points. Just eat Mediterranean food. Just eat vegetarian food. Just eat meat. You know what I mean, it's always one thing. Because conceptually, what's easier than one thing? Oh, okay, I can do that. You know? But no, wait, fuck up. Because the other side of not eating carbs, again, is completely changing how you eat. And that's hugely difficult to start doing perfectly starting tomorrow. <laughs> you know, nothing's easier than telling to stop eating carbs. But the reality is completely different, you know? So you have got to, you got to, you got to wake up, right? I, I, I talk about this all the time, um, that right now, if you're struggling with your weight, you're in a dieting, you're in a prison, you're in a mental prison because you think like a dieter. And it's put there by the diet industry. The diet industry, think about, we've all been, talk about hypnosis. We've all seen millions of weight loss ads in our lives. Every ad is the same, the before and after picture, how long it takes to get there in the quickest way possible. And we think like dieters. And thinking like a dieter is your number one problem when it comes to your weight. You know how to think like an overweight person and a dieter. That's it. And so what do you do? Sometimes you think like a dieter and you get yourself down to your goal weight. And then what do you do? Now you're in trouble. Still got the same problem. You think like an overweight person and a dieter. Because you don't know how to think like a thin and healthy person. And how are you going to learn? That's, that's a question I leave out. What's up, Jody? The program is amazing. The changes in the late last few months are mind-blowing. Listen to Jim. Yeah, Jody's just killing it. And, and Jody's like the perfect avatar for like a type of person who thrives in the program. Struggling with weight diets forever. And an action taker, right? Smart. Smart as all get out. Action taker focused, motivated, and struggling. Why? Because she got a head full of bullshit from the diet industry. Do you know what I mean? Making it just confused. Like, how is it possible? How in the world could you be thinking about weight loss for 30, 40 years and just be flummoxed? I, I don't know what to do. Just tell me what to do. How the fuck can you say, just tell me what to do after you've been studying some for 30, 40 years? I mean, there's always things to learn and get better at. I get that. But what I'm trying to say is you have literally zero foundation for how to master your weight. You think, it, it, I'm telling you, your thinking is completely backwards. And I, I say this not because I'm trying to be an asshole. I, I, I want you to understand this. The reason I say it this way is I'm trying to snap you out of the trance because what you're doing right now, I can almost guarantee it, is you're always blaming yourself. You're always, I'm weak-willed. I'm not motivated enough. I'm not focused enough. I'm too addicted to food. I'm too lazy. I'm a loser. I'm a bad person. It's some version of that where you're always giving yourself this narrative that you're a bad person because you're not losing the weight. And I'm sitting here telling you the number one reason you're not losing the weight is because you do not know how to shift your mindset. You have never learned this ever. You don't even know what a mindset is <laughs> because that's a that's a buzzword right now is mindset. But how is it being used? I'll give you an example. Come on, guys. You got to have the right mindset. Come on. You got to want it. Let's have the right mindset. Let's do it, guys. It's just another synonym for willpower. 
and program yourself. Then we break mindset into six things. And then you fill in and answer the question so you understand it. So you customize it for yourself. What are those six things? Because I'll tell you what, you can even go read The Queen of Mindset, Carol Dweck. I love her work. But you're going to see fixed and growth mindset. Okay, great. Where do I go now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Again, I, I hang my hat. I plant my seed that I am. I, I'm just going to start. To, I think I'm the most practical weight loss expert out there. Because I could. Oh, yeah. Just eat less calories, guys. Oh, my God. That's it. <laughs> so what's a mindset, right? It is your motivation. That's one part. Do you know how to motivate yourself? Your self-image. That's really the process we're going through. Your weight is a physical projection of your mental self. You think of yourself as an overweight person. We got to change your motivation. You got to learn how to motivate yourself. You got to learn how to shift your mindset, your, your self-image, your habits. Do you know the neuroscience of habits? Do you have a strategy to actually implement good habits and replace unhealthy bad habits? Or are you just winging it with willpower and trying to everything all at once? Emotions. Do you know how to deal with emotions genuinely? Do you know how to feel the emotions you want to deal with the shitty emotions you don't want to deal without food? And if you do, congratulations, you're one of the few because we're conditioned to use food as our main emotional management strategy. Thinking, literally, the nuts and bolts, the thoughts of a thin and healthy person, you know what they are? Be helpful if you did. And then maintenance. Do you know how to maintain yourself? It's, oh, I'll figure that out when I get to my goal weight. What? When you get to your goal weight, how dare you? You think you just, what, you just assume you're going to get day one to day two? You're going to just make it the next week, next next month? And that is the, the complete craziness, the, the great delusion of a dieter, right? This idea that well, I'll focus on maintenance when I get to my goal. No, you won't. You probably won't get to your goal. Again, I'm not trying to be negative, but I mean, like, how many times have you just gotten your goal weight? You know what I mean? So you better learn how to maintain so anyways, we break down mindset in those six categories. You know what I mean? Again, it's practical. So when you finish filling out the blueprints, you know how what motivates you. You know what your self-image, what your ideal self-image is. You know which habits are your worst ones and you have a plan for how to change them strategically. You know what the emotions are that trigger the unhealthy habits and what the antidote emotions are that you want to feel in your life to fix a lot of things and how to feel those things without food. And you know how to think like a thin person what questions to ask, what phrases to say, how to think about food and maintenance, you know how to maintain, how to get through stressful times, holidays, vacations, challenging times, right? There's a plan, man. Again, I, I say this to you because I know you're feeling hopeless. A lot of people feel hopeless when it comes to weight loss. The thing that happened to me with my dad and ever since I just don't want to die in this place. Ah, me, right? Yeah, it's horrifying. I mean, Again, no doubt the number one by a mile most traumatic thing is my dad dying of a heart attack. So in that sense, as awful as it was, I will say, I mean, now again, this is the process. The, the concept of utilization is you utilize whatever you can. So I've utilized that, my dad's death, as motivation. And it's a core part of my, my motivation and my ability to master my weight, you know. Um, so we have to utilize things. We all have strengths and weaknesses, and we have to utilize them strategically, I think, to get the results you want. Octavia, what's your take on that? Um, I'm blanking on it. I, you know, I, I get confused with these. My, my take on it, my first, I'll look it up real quick. I'm on that right um, Octavia Weight Loss Program. Oh, the Habits of Health. I like that habit. Uh, the first 
I'll tell you, I, I'm going to do I'm doing this real times. So I want you to see this because I, I'm very good. I would say one of my, my core skills that has really served me well as a coach in my own life is I've got a very, I, I think I always had a very good bullshit detector, but I've, I've very much honed it through, through all my trainings and um, in my life here. So let me look through this and I will tell you the first things that start to trigger my bullshit detector. All right. I like, I like some of the things I'm seeing at first, right? I like personal transformation. I like that focus. Um, I like coaching. I think coaching is a, is a valuable part of the process. Let's go to meal plans and products. I don't like that too much. Um, products, Octavia Fuelings. Our fuelings help make change easy. They remove the guesswork and offer a simple, nutritious, dense, delicious variety of choices to help you build new. They call them fuelings. I guess those... Those are foods. Let's see what the foods are, though. Let's go to essential fuelings. Let's see what's an essential fuelings. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing caramel delight crisp bars, drizzled berry crisp bars, essential drizzled chocolate fudge crisp bars. So now I'm getting worried, okay? Because now I'm thinking, what are the ingredients, right? The drizzled chocolate fudge crisp bar will put a smile on your face and delight your senses. The sweetness of real luscious cocoa and perfectly satisfying crunch will leave you feeling fantastic. This I don't like because it's bullshit. Let's look at the ingredients. In order, right? Soy protein isolate, sugar, polydextrose, soluble corn fiber, cocoa, brown rice syrup, which is sugar, palm pork kernel oil, more sugar, glycerin, allulose, chocolate liquor, sugar, milk protein isolate, Estheritol. Yeah, you go that you go that route. Good luck because anytime your solution is not whole natural foods, I would not recommend it. So I would say it's just more bullshit food plans. So my take on that is, I say no. To I want to live on autopilot at my goal weight. All right, Kathy, there you go, right? It starts with that. It starts with articulating the right goal. Because a lot of people walking around, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. No, you don't. You lost weight before. Then you put it back on. Are you walking around feeling satisfied because you lost weight back then? Or are you feeling frustrated they put the weight back on? You see, the goal is not to lose weight. The finish line is not your goal weight. That's the starting line, okay? The goal is to get to your goal weight. That's just a phase. You understand the weight loss is just a phase. It's a short phase. It's going to take you a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years. Then you lose the weight. Now you're at your goal weight. Now the work begins. Oh, I'm going to have to diet forever. I hope not. <laughs> okay. But you do want to live at your goal weight forever. So let's start with the maintenance plan on day one. Let's set up right from the very beginning how you can live at your goal weight on your autopilot. That's the goal. How can we make it as easy and enjoyable as possible? I know you don't have that answer. I do. I'm sitting in front of you. I love the way I live. I love the way I eat. And I'm staying at the same weight. I love that too. You can do that. You're never even focusing on that. What you're doing is you're just, I just want to lose weight fast. Your goal is fast weight loss. My goal is permanent weight loss. And that changes everything. You understand? It's like putting two sets of glasses on. You know what I mean? One's got Crisco all on, on it and you can't see anything. Right? And, and another one give you crystal clear vision. You know, you don't understand how your goal is setting you up for failure because all you care about is fast weight loss. How do you achieve fast weight loss? Extreme plans. Don't you find that? You're overcorrecting. Every diet, I don't know you and I already know what you're doing. I'm going to start my keto plan tomorrow. I'm going to start completely cutting out carbs tomorrow. What a drastic thing to do. 
And then you have the gall to say, I struggle with consistency. Well, geez, no shit. Look what you're trying to do. I've never run marathons. I'm going to start running a marathon tomorrow, every day. No, you're not. No, you're not. It sounds good, but you're not going to do that. And so it's not that you struggle with consistency. It's that you've got an absolutely ridiculous plan you're trying to follow on day one. It's not that you can't be consistent. It's that you've made it almost impossible to be consistent. There's a difference. But again, you know, if you're watching me, you're an overthinker and you're probably a perfectionist. And yeah, you should just be able to change everything instantly, right? Why not? Right? Um, that's what you think, you know, but it's not true. That's a good goal. It's good that you articulate that goal. The more specific you are, the more chance you have of it happening. Um, 19 says, so I gained 40 pounds in college and graduate in May. I think I can lose it. Um, of course you can lose it. But but again, I will say this, and this is just a semantical thing. But when you want to lose weight, you don't want to be thinking about how much weight you want to lose, right? So you don't want to be like, I want to lose 40 pounds. Okay, don't say that. Because what it does is it, it anchors your mind. When you think about losing 40 pounds, you think of yourself being overweight losing the weight. You want to start saying, I want to be X amount of pounds. So whatever you be 40 pounds lighter, start saying, I want to be X amount of pounds. Okay. Because now you start to envision yourself at that weight as that version of you. Some little thing that can be very powerful. Uh, I'm not looking for an essay, an easy answer. I've been doing it. I have for three years, 24, and I'm struggling vengeance. Well, Nikki, I, I, I'm not saying this is why, but Again, I, I will tell you the biggest reason I see people struggling with binging. I don't know if you heard me say it. I always say this. People say, what do we do about binging? What I always say, there's two big things. The first one I always start with is what? Over-restricting. You know, so you're doing IF for three years, 24, and you're struggling with binging. The first thing I'm looking at is that you're getting yourself way too hungry. Like the four-hour window of eating isn't enough for you. You know, and they said, but you're so married to the idea of 24. But then you're binging during those four hours to nullify any of the benefits, perhaps. You know, so you got to look at the bigger picture and figure out what works easy, e easy for me. You know, um, and I know it's ironic, right? So not looking for the easy answer. We want to find the thing that, that fits us. What what fits me? I've worked with so many intermittent fasting people, and the solution has been to shorten that or lengthen the eating window. You know, they, they weren't eating till noon, and they got they were so hungry at that point that they were eating like shit while they were eating. You know, and so this, the solution was to start eating earlier. Now, is that the solution for everyone? No, each person's different. But, but from what you're saying to me is that I'm doing a 24 and I'm struggling with binging. To me, I, I make, let me, let me point it a different way. The most common thing I hear from just dieters in general, and I've heard this for 20 years, is they'll come to me and they'll say, Jim, breakfast and lunch are great and everything's falling apart in the afternoon and night. You know? And I said, well, what are you eating breakfast and lunch? Nothing. I said, okay, what do you want to eat? afternoon for dinner, nothing. I said, well, you can't do that. You got to eat, you know? And so they're thinking the problem is that they don't have willpower in the afternoon. But a lot of times where the problem's showing up is not where it was created. In my opinion, the problem's not that you don't have willpower in the afternoon. The problem is that you're not setting yourself up for success by having a nutritious, nourishing breakfast and lunch so that by the time the afternoon comes, you're not starving. Most people, their willpower started at this highest point in the morning and your hunger starts at its lowest. And everything's fine here. Skip breakfast, screw breakfast, lunch, screw lunch. Oh no, here comes one o'clock. Now I'm really hungry. My willpower's gone down because your willpower requires glucose. So when you don't eat, 
your willpower tends to go down because your prefrontal cortex is starving for energy. So again, that, that's just what I think, Nikki. I get take it, take it or leave it. Maybe it's accurate. Kimberly says, can you give me advice on weight loss plateaus? Down 25 pounds and now none in two weeks. Yeah, Kimberly, um, I plateaus are great because what they do is they give you an opportunity to practice maintenance. At some point, you're going to hit the ultimate plateau where you stop losing weight. Remember that, folks. You know, a lot of people trade the pleasure of food for the pleasure of the scale going down. And as soon as the scale stops going down, they lose their motivation. So I, I want when you hit a plateau, I want you to work on optimizing what you've been doing. So whatever you've been doing, I want you to work on optimizing. That doesn't mean cut more calories. I want to make that clear. It means optimizing by making it easier and more enjoyable. How can I make what I've been doing to lose 25 pounds easier and more enjoyable? And I'll keep doing the same thing for a month. And then after a month, I'll see. Did my body just need a little bit of time to start losing again? Or now it's been a month. Now I feel like I can cut more calories. But because I've been optimizing, making it easier, more enjoyable, doing the same thing, now I can strategically look at what I've been doing and say, okay, where's the easiest place for me to cut some more calories out consistently? That's what I was thinking. Nikki says, I've lost 60 pounds. Great job. And gained 14 back recently because of binging. Okay, not good. Um, so again, it's we, we don't want to just get... You have to understand that your intuitive way of thinking about weight loss is short term, right? We've been in this society, we're always conditioned to think about, I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. And we think of it as a temporary thing. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. Um, I want to do as quick as possible. Let me do the most extreme thing. We don't tend to think of what's the most sustainable thing, you know? And so again, um, Nikki, it clearly sounds like the, the 24 is harder right now. And it could be because, listen, sometimes we can do perfect things in ideal situations. Maybe all of a sudden the holidays come, there's certain stress, and now it's harder to be 24. And so when you're so married to 24, that the idea of going to like 18.6, it feels like failure. You know, and so even though you're binging like crazy, 24 has to stay. And I find this is very common. I did this myself. I was a raw foodist for a little while. So married to the concept and the idea it was hard. You have to really believe in it and just do it. But I finally realized one day, yes, I do feel good physically, but emotionally and mentally, I'm absolutely obsessed with food. That's all I think about. This isn't a healthy place for me to be, even though my weight and my body feel pretty good. And that was a very important moment for me. And that helped me realize that whatever plan I do, it has to be something that I'm comfortable and it's sustainable. We've got to take that into account, folks. We can't just look. Weight loss is two sides of the equation. We can't just look at how fast we're going to lose weight. Because we have to look at the process we're using. And if it's a stressful, frustrating process that we hate, what's the point of losing weight fast? If you can't stick with it, you know, I, I don't know that. Um, false dichotomies are online. What's up, Don? What's the name of the book about processed food that you mentioned? Um, Ultra Processed People is a new one. But there's also salt, sugar, fat is really good. The End of Overeating is really good. Those are two of my favorites as well. Um, How Not to Die is my favorite book on, on nutrition. Um, I love that book. I agree. We do know what we do. We don't know how to do it. True story. <laughs> Theater Love says I'm that person. And a lot of you are that person. Again, it's not, this isn't a judgmental thing. It's just a kind of, hey, I want you to understand that someone gets you. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. I, I hope that, that's helpful to you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I want you to know someone gets you. I really do. I, I know how you think better than you know how you think. I, I swear. I, I, like I said, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. This is what I do. Um, but the bigger point is I want you to understand that, yes, I get you, and yes, there's a solution. Most dieters I see, because usually you've been at this 10, 20, 30, 40 years, it's, it's normal and natural to become apathetic, as if 
there's nothing I can do to lose the weight. And that is not true. Okay. There are things you can do. You just don't know what they are. Um, and, and again, that's why follow me, follow me on TikTok, Instagram, whatever you're watching and follow me. Okay. Cause I put stuff up all the time. So at least you're getting touches of this different way of looking at it. Um, go opt into the, the link I give you, get the hypnosis session, experience what it feels like. It's different than you think. I guarantee it. And then watch the training. That's the most important piece. There's a different way to go about this. It's better. Somebody says, trying to balance eating enough to gain muscle in the gym, but still losing weight. I get that, Kimberly. I get that. Um, so that's another reason why you might be in a plateau as well, right? So you've changed things up. Um, and so, so again, I know it's so often, it's all just about watching that scale go down. But I want you to realize that you're really doing the work now because you're learning how to master your weight. So don't just let it be about the scale going down. At some point, the scale stops going down. You know, figure out how you can really master this. Make it work for you. Um, Ely says, well, you're so ready. It actually sounds silly about all these diets I've done. I get that. And that's what I'm trying to say. I want you to be able to look at literally all the diets, all every single diet you've ever known about or will ever hear about is exactly the same because they're just telling you what to do. And then it's up to you to force yourself to do it. And that's where everything falls apart. You don't know how to change your behavior, how you feel and how you think. You have not learned that. You, you have zero practical strategies for how to change your behavior, your feelings, and your thoughts. You've got one tool that's willpower. That works for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and then it fades away. Okay. So again, there's there's literally, there's a science of motivation that you probably never heard about. I, again, I'm obsessed with this stuff, and that's what programming yourself in it, you know? Lots of remembering. Oops. Um, uh, do you lose weight with cardio or strength training? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I tell my clients not to start exercising at first. When people start the program, I don't want them to start exercising if they haven't been exercising. I love exercising. I think it's a good thing, um, but it's not necessary to lose weight. Okay. And I think that's really important. And a lot of times the, the working out is a double-edged sword. It's good for burning calories, but it's bad because it's going to make you tireder, hungrier, sore. And it uses up your willpower. And so a lot of times, you know, the, the start and the workout at the same time you want to lose weight, I would rather you fix it on really mastering your reading. But that's a lifelong thing you're going to rely on to master your weight. But yeah, both cardio and strength training both help you lose weight. Strength training helps you to increase your, your base metabolic rate, basically, because um, muscle uses more calories than, than fat. Um, and cardio obviously burns calories. But again, it, it depends on the other side, too. If you start doing a lot of cardio, it's going to throw your eating out of whack, almost guaranteed. If you have not been doing cardio, you know, so I think that's taken account too. And strength training, it's going to make you tired. It's going to make you hungrier because you have to feed those muscles. And again, are you going to be able to handle that? Most people not, you know. Um, and then there's licensing effect as well. And what can you tell about insulin spikes? Um, insulin spikes you want to avoid. I mean, insulin spikes are unnatural, folks. Do you understand that? Um, insulin spikes are a response to glucose spikes. So I eat, you know, I eat a cookie. What happens is that sugar and flour instantly absorbed into my body practically, and it turns into glucose. It spikes my blood sugar, okay? Once the blood sugar gets high, now we release the insulin to lower the blood sugar. High levels of blood sugar are toxic and inflammatory. So now our body releases insulin to clear those levels out. But you've got to understand, we evolved in a natural world where you couldn't even spike your glucose levels. Sort of finding a beehive. You know, what, how are you going to spike your blood sugar? If I drop you off in the woods, how are you spiking your glucose level? You're not, you know? So it's unnatural. But now we do it multiple times a day. 
So again, insulin spikes follow glucose spikes. And the way to avoid both is to not spike your glucose levels by eating more whole natural foods. Um, yep, Don's I close my kitchen after dinner and eat again at lunchtime. Does not need to be extreme. Yeah, that works for her. Honey Darling says, I love your content. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, is that wallpaper behind you? No, that's a picture. I don't know if you can see. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I, I love that thing. I feel like I'm getting obsessed about it too. I get it, Kimberly. I get that because the, the main thing that's been motivating this whole time is the, is the weight falling off. And as soon as the weight starts to fall off, your motivation is disappearing, you know, because all your motivation is tied to the weight loss right now. your place to be. Please, Kimberly, please watch the training. Please go to my bio, click the link and watch the trade. It's about a half hour. But it'll give you, it, it's all about weight mastery. It's, it's stuff you're not getting and you need to get now because you're already you've done all this work. But don't think that that work matters. I don't want to be negative, folks. But listen, it's estimated 82 to 95% of people that lose weight put it back on. Okay? So I'm not saying this to you out. What I'm saying is now's the time to start working on weight mastery, Kimberly. Okay? And it's a mindset thing. I know you're getting obsessive about it because everything... Your, your motivation, your results, your eating, your energy, all the stuff you're doing is tied to watch that scale go down. And a week goes by, it hasn't gone down. Two weeks goes down, you're freaking out. And now the holidays are coming, the scale might go up. And now you don't know how you're going to deal with that. So please, please um, get on my email list because I'm going to talk about that next week, okay? You're in a great spot. We can't always just be losing. The biggest illusion people have is they think they're going to start on day one. It's going to be a straight line of success down to their goal weight. That is rarely how it works. It's a jaggedy jaggedy edge you know line here that goes like this there's plateaus dips all the rest of it you know understanding that's very helpful for your success um favorite book on mindset um my favorite books are like the mlp books but they're kind of dry reads um, i love like like frogs and the princes i'm um, using your brain for a change um specific mindset book the carol dweck book's interesting you know that that that's growth mindset stuff's interesting um I love I love David Rock. Um, he's he's a he studies like neuroscience and coaching field. I think that's fascinating if you like the sciencey side of it. Um, I, I could just list books for uh, that. That's my, my yeah, mindset books, uh, but those are some some starting ones. I've lost a lot of weight and I feel hopeless now. Um, all right, that can happen too. Weight loss doesn't, you know, some people weight loss and money are very similar. They're means to an end, meaning that losing weight or getting money doesn't automatically make you happy, you know? So it depends how you did it and what meaning you're giving. And so if you just think losing weight's going to make everything perfect, it's not. And you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. If you think I'm just going to starve myself to lose weight and then I'll be happy. No, you won't, you know? So there's more to it. You got to look at this as a holistic thing and it's not just the weight loss. I always say you really, again, when I say take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development, what I mean by that is that instead of making this a process that's focused solely on the scale going down, the size clothes you're going to wear, you make this a process about becoming the best version of you possible. You know? So you want to be the best version of you possible. And one aspect of that is your weight and your health. But the bigger aspect is my relationships are getting better. My mental state of mind is improving. My emotions are better. My spiritual life is, is improving. All this stuff's getting better. Because of how I'm eating, living, thinking, feeling, what I'm doing. And the weight loss is a natural result of that. I think that's a better approach that helps you avoid that, you know. But I, I, I get what you're saying. Theater lover, again, it doesn't automatically mean that. So I'm glad you said that because it's important people to know that. All right, everyone, I got to get out of here. I got coaching calls coming up. Um, again, if you 
enjoy what you're hearing. Follow me here, wherever you're watching, follow me. Um, so you get my content. Um, if you're not already following me, um, go get the hypnosis session, watch the training I give you through that link. You can go to program yourself and learn more about the program. Um, podcast is program yourself. Then it's on all the platforms. So go, uh, go listen to it. We do these all the time. You know, a little wonky this week, you know, I'm a little hair mess. But next week I'll be here and next week's a fun one. You know, we do a lot of reflection and goal setting for the new year. Okay. But enjoy yourself. Okay. It is the holidays. I know it's hard to say this, right? But it's like, again, uh, unless you're on this weight loss path and you're already in the, in the flow with it, um, enjoy your holidays, but still do things that are healthy for you. Again, that's the all or something strategy. Uh, minimize the damage. Eat the cookies. Don't eat all the cookies. Drink the wine. Don't drink all the wine. It's that philosophy. Stay engaged. Okay. You don't have to be perfect, but stay in the game. Okay. That's going to set you up for success when January comes around. Don't try and win the game now. Okay. During the holidays, being on vacation, that's not when you, when you lose the game, when you lose the weight. It's, it's a long term. Okay. Um, I don't want you to think about how much weight you can lose now between now and the new year. I want you to think about what you can lose next year. So next year at this time, now you're, now you're in the spot we want to be. Right. We want to start in the longer term. Right. Um, Enjoyed listening. Thank you. C. Etheridge, thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. That's why I do it. Um, you're welcome, Kathy. Thank you so much, guys. Um, yeah, so have a super day, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.